Good morning. Our scripture today is Luke 1, 26 through 38. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for loving us so much. Thank you, as Grant said, for this story that never, ever grows old, Lord. We just love you and appreciate you. And Lord, I just ask that you speak through Andy to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. I have the honor to introduce some extraordinary friends of ours, Andy and Junko Miko. And if you look in your bulletin, you will see more about them. And there's a card back there with their picture with their three adult, adult children. They're already adults. And we love them very much. They have an extraordinary ministry in Japan and now around the world. So I give you Andy and Junko Miko. The Treasure Hunt Project, get ready for awesomeness. The Treasure Hunt Project is the absolutely cool way to maximize kids and youth and their potential for changing their world. Did you know almost 80% of the world's Christians come to faith while still kids? It's called the 414 window. The years between four and 14 and those 10 years are wide open for God's touch and God's special power. The treasure hunt maximizes that potential using the super appeal of manga comic style, the hottest genre today. There are four fantastic tools. First, the treasure hunt pocket manga. Any kid that gets it will read it, guaranteed. It's a super easy way to meet Jesus. It's so easy now, even an eight-year-old can lead a friend to Jesus. 
Second, the Treasure Hunt Uversion reading plans. Uversion is the world's top Bible app. Kids can get fired up reading the Treasure Hunt plans each day. Third, the Treasure Hunt Venture Discipleship Series. This is laser sharp and super fun systematic discipleship to help kids grow in faith, grow in identity, and grow in impact. Watch out! Things are about to change. Fourth, the Treasure Hunt mobile app. It's gamified digital manga experience that any youth can easily share and lead a friend to Christ. There's never been anything like this. There you have it. Get ready for awesomeness with any of these tools in any order and begin to unleash the raw potential of young lives following Jesus. The time has come to get blown away. complicated language in the world, and Junko will teach you the easiest Japanese I will teach you. Ohayo. That's, <laughs> that's like a stick. You can remember easy. <laughs> the meaning, Ohayo, uh, good morning. <laughs> Ohayo. There you go. <laughs> All right. Um, I want to do... Uh, Say, wow, you are such a friendly fellowship, and you get really good cookies, too. <laughs> so it's, we, we really love coming here. Um, I'd like to share one of my favorite pictures. My parents got to Japan 76 years ago, maybe 77 now, and uh, I think this is my favorite picture out of, of all I got, I boxes and boxes. But uh, this is uh, my folks arriving in um, the northern part of Japan, where very few people had ever heard anything about Jesus. And then church after church after church got planted. Um, it was an awesome time. Japan's a very different place now. Um, and I'll try and get this thing straight. Oops, I'm doing everything wrong. I'll go back up here. Jeez. The Treasure Hunt Project. Oh. Get ready for <laughs> awesome. Okay. I'll get it. Let's see. I've got something going on. Like share. Sorry about this. It's really great if it works. It works every week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there we are. Now we're, now we're back. Okay. I will not touch that other arrow. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Japan's a very different place now. Um, you might have seen this. If you haven't ever seen this, this little character, then ask your grandkids, um, because uh, Pikachu and Pokemon took the world by storm. Uh, Pokemon is the largest uh, fran uh, entertainment franchise in the world. It's twice as big as Harry Potter and Star Wars combined. Japan is a very influential place in the world. Tokyo is the largest city where we live in the world. 37 million people. It's the most influential city in Asia and probably the, the top three most influential cities 
of the whole world, uh, especially when it comes to uh, younger people. Uh, so uh, it's, a, uh, it's a joy to live there, and yet Japan is one of the most unreached places on the planet still. We are number two largest unreached people group in the world, and there's a lot of work to be done. Um, and there's a lot of big need. Um, one of the works we do is uh, with the depression problem and the suicide problem in Japan, and which is it's, it's only you know because of the whole pandemic has gotten really out of hand. But um, if you call the suicide hotline in Japan, you'll never get through, okay? You'll never get through. And so what, what's going on is um, people, Japanese, are calling the English suicide hotline, even though they don't speak English. And about half the calls that come into the English suicide hotline in Japan are Japanese calls. And they can't do anything about it. So imagine you're thinking of ending it all and you make a phone call after phone call after phone call and that just confirms to you that nobody really cares. And, and so we have a lot that needs to happen in Japan. Um, it's the Christmas season. You know, it's interesting. We'll, we'll, we have some of the best Christmas illuminations I've seen anywhere in Tokyo, and yet people don't know Jesus. Um, of course, at Christmas we're reminded Jesus came to do what? To bring salvation to this world, right? Bring salvation to this world. Um, Jesus talked about you know, leaving the 99 for the one, but in Japan, it's reversed. Because in Japan, we only have less than 1% Christian. It's the 99 that are lost. So there's so much to do. Um, and so we are um, uh, continually um, considering uh, this issue. You know, there's something called, and I didn't really realize this, but it's called the, the Great... Uh, we've, we heard of the Great Commission, and, and this is called the Great Imbalance. And I went on, Googled it, and it was all, all over the place. The Great Imbalance is how much of uh, the work and the resources and, and the energy and the funds and everything that goes into reaching people around the world. And it's really a huge imbalance that we put our energy in, and what we have into already reached places. Now, if you think, uh, the world is basically a third and a third and a third. A third of the people in the world will say, ah, I'm a Christian, I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. And, and then there's a third that they've heard the message, or they have something coming to them. And, but then there's this other third over here that has absolutely nothing. 2,000 years since our Lord came and gave us our, the command to go and 
make disciples of all nations, and we still have so many people who this Christmas haven't got a clue about what's going on. You know, when I think about that, that just, that hurts. We have got to do something. Amen? And as we were reading the passage this morning about, about Mary, and, and I, you know, it reminds me of a scripture in Galatians 2.20. It says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And that's the truth for each one of us. I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Um, when we submit to that reality, I think it's something that we, we, we forget about, right? We kind of forget about that. And every once in a while, oh, that's right. I even have the verse memorized and I forget about it. Um, But when we really begin connecting more and more with that reality, more and more of our lives give attention to what our Lord came to do. To reach a lost world. To offer salvation to a lost world. You know, in Japan, we, like as I said, we have such a huge need. So what do we do about it? our ministry is, it's all based on a clover. And I just took a picture a couple days ago. I was over in Pacific Beach, and, and I'm looking down at the ground, and oh, there's all these little clovers all around my feet. And I take pictures of clovers around my feet all around the world because clovers grow everywhere except probably Antarctica. And they're everywhere. They're a great symbol of multiplication. And what I like about the clover is that each, little, each leaf symbolizes something. And something else special, J- Japanese, you may not know it, are really into cute. <laughs> cute is a big deal in Japan. You ever seen Hello Kitty? She's a big deal. Okay, cute, and the clover has three cute little hearts connected, right? And the hearts symbolize, first, in God's love, we, we all testify. All of us, we all testify. What does testifying mean? It's really easy. It's just saying, God is awesome. He did this for me. That's it. That's the most basic thing we can do to bring salvation to this world. Everybody say with me, God is awesome. (laughs) Let's do it a little louder. God is awesome. And then you add your little, he did this for me. And you, wherever you go, you can do that. Oh, God is awesome. He did this for me. It's powerful. The second thing, we, so we try and help everyone in Japan to do this. Uh, and then the second little heart, in God's love, we share the gospel. So God is awesome. He did this for me. If that goes well, we say, Would you like to know a little bit more? And then we share the gospel. 
And so that's the big part of what we're trying to help people do. And then if that goes well, the third thing is we disciple. We help them grow and follow Jesus. It's very simple, three little things. In God's love, testify. In God's love, we share. And in God's love, we disciple others. Now, this morning, I just want to focus on, on the second one there, the share heart. And in Japan, what we realized is that people didn't quite know how to share the gospel. They, they might want to, but they didn't know what to say first or what to say second or how to wrap it up or anything. So we made a, something called the Gospel Share Series. And this is so that everybody can share the gospel with their peers. And uh, we had senior citizens, we have college-educated people, we had blue-collar people, we have, of course, kids, and right in the middle there is our young ladies' gospel version. It's amazing. We had women all over the world help make this tool. And it goes straight to a, a late young woman's heart. Okay. And then um, it went a little further. We, we thought we were done, and our daughter, Sophia, who many of you prayed for, uh, who was born deaf, and she, we found out a couple years ago at the Mayo Clinic, has an incredibly rare genetic disorder that they only knew five people in the whole country that have. And it also means she's losing her eyesight and she's got muscular dystrophy. She's losing her ability to walk. And in all of that, most people would be crushed. She's decided to start a disability fellowship in, in Tokyo. It's been going really wonderfully. And she said the other day, I want to make a gospel share booklet for people that are struggling with difficulty in their life. And she agreed to illustrate it. The main character is a, a young woman in a wheelchair in the rain when clouds darken your sky. We just this last month had 5,000 of these go out on Maui for the uh, post-fire disaster scenario. Dozens of churches on Maui are now using this booklet to share the gospel. Um, and then I wanted to share this one because this is another one of our gospel shares. This is uh, Mirat, our brother here. It's, this is actually even in um, your home language of Turkey. <laughs> um, but it, we're, we're now in 30 languages with this. So eight years ago, we started a booklet that would help kids lead their friends to Jesus and never dream that, well, I was just in Poland, and this is being printed there for Ukrainians. This is going all over the world right now for Ukrainian kids and youth. Um, and um, Ukraine, Poland are reached countries, but this one is in Persian. Persian means Afghans and Iranians, okay? Um, I took a whole suitcase full of these to Indonesia, which is the largest Islamic 
population in the world. I had three suitcases. The customs officials only wanted to see one of my suitcases, and it was the suitcase that was packed full of these. Um, and I'm praying that the, the Lord's, well, the, the prayer that Brother Andrew, the Bible smuggler, prayed, God, you who made blind eyes to see now make seeing eyes blind. And they ripped it open, they pulled them out, they flipped through, they missed every page with a cross on it. They couldn't read it because it's not in Bahasa, Indonesian, it was in Persian. They closed it, gave him, and then let me go. God answered that prayer. Amen. Um, uh, I can go on and on with those kind of stories. But, uh, so, but the beauty of this one is, this was actually, all the work for all of it was done by a Christian sister who's stranded in Kabul, Afghanistan, and under the eye of the Taliban. And she risked it all to be involved with this project. Yes. And we, we printed it in Albania, which is another Islamic country. And it went from there all around the world to Afghan young lives. Hallelujah. None of this was planned. We weren't planning for Maui. We weren't planning for Afghanistan. We weren't planning for the Ukrainian kids. We weren't 30 languages. None of this was planned. Christ in you means a lot of things that you aren't going to plan are going to happen. <laughs> and, and, and you go, what next, Lord? I have no idea. God will do things through you that you never imagined. You know, we, we started bringing the treasure hunt to some countries, but we said we will not go to Islamic countries. Because, why? We don't want to put children in danger, right? But the funny thing is, we were getting all these appeals from people in Islamic countries. And one of the very first was, please come to us, was in Afghanistan. I mean, I'm sorry, in Albania. In Albania, I didn't even hardly know where that was on a map. Uh, Albania is dominantly a Muslim. And its little sister country, Kosovo, is 90-something Muslim. 30,000 of these booklets have gone out in Albania now. And I have no idea what's happening, but I happened to get a picture off somebody's cell phone. And here's a soccer team of boys, 15 boys, all from Muslim homes. All of them got the treasure hunt together and accepted Christ together and all started coming into church and getting discipled together as a team. Hallelujah. The hunger. Another picture in Albania. Um, this is Elia. Isn't she adorable? Elia is, um, that, that's, you can't see, but that's her mother. And her mother is uh, our, our um, rep for the treasure hunt in Albania. Volunteer. Her mother's from a Muslim household. Her mother, a big household, I think a dozen or so kids. And she was the very first to come to Jesus. Pretty much her whole family has come to Jesus now, but the first at 12 years old. And 
she came to Christ at 12 years old, and in that first year, she read the Bible, the whole Bible, 12 times. Anybody done that before? <laughs> Talk about hunger. The hunger that a 12-year-old would. And her daughter, Elia, here, is seven in the picture. I just took snap this uh, not too long ago. And when she was four years old, she got a pocket, pocket mangas, and she has been sharing them for the last three years with everybody that she meets. In an Islamic country, a little girl sharing Jesus everywhere she goes. Hallelujah. Now, what in the world is this? <laughs> we, you, we might recognize one of them as our national flag of Japan. We joke about it being the fried egg. Um, actually, I think it's more like a, a traffic stop because it seems like that's all we ever see. They never turn green uh, in Tokyo. But um, these are the two most unreached countries in the world. You know Japan is number two. The other one is Bangladesh. And last year I got invited to Bangladesh, a country you don't want to go to. Everything seems to smell bad, look bad, dirty. Uh, it's, 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 it's a harsh place to go. It's, it's intense. Beautiful kids, though. Wonderful kids. And... I got to train hundreds of kids to share Jesus with their friends. Like these three young ladies with their darling smiles. And these, these young girls are all believers. But what I found interesting was what in the um, trainings, there was a lot of hijab. I asked my host, and he said, you know what? Yeah, they are. There's a lot of Muslim youth in this training. Coming in, getting a pocket manga, going through it, praying the prayer, and then getting a second copy to take back for a friend somewhere. My friends, this is, these are Muslim kids sharing about Isa, Jesus. Go figure. This was not planned. And then in a country that's 90% Muslim and about 10% Hindu. And then I got another picture, and I've gotten many more besides. This is a Hindu village. These are kids are all from Hindu homes. And they each have two pocket mangas, one to keep and one for a friend. And so something that Jesus started just keeps on going all over the place in ways we never would have imagined, never would have planned. I no longer live. Christ lives in me. What does that mean? You know, sometimes I think, you know, we feel like uh, maybe... We've lost something, Lose, losing something there. Um, after all, it says, I no longer live, 
But I think we forget, you know, before we come to Christ, we don't have life. We don't have any life. We're objects of wrath, enemies of God, and we don't have much life. And then He, the way, the truth, and the life comes into us. And real life begins. Amen? And, and when it's His life, just think of what that means. It means so much more than what we had before. We didn't lose anything. Uh, one thing that it means is that we're never alone. Right? We're always with Him. And He's the most amazing, most phenomenal, most awesome entity ever. We don't have to be lonely. Forever. And the other thing I think of is, in, when Christ is our life, all that He is and all of His potential is living in us. It's the Alpha and the Omega, the Creator. And we can look up at the stars and go, oh my goodness, the possibilities of Christ in me. What a great time to be reminded of this is at Christmas. Because we had our story reading this morning from uh, uh, Luke chapter 1. And you know, um, in just closing, I wanted to share that, you know, this, this life that came into Mary. And there wasn't a whole lot of detail about Mary. Who was Mary? She was just a teenage girl. She was a poor teenage girl in a really crummy town. Nazareth today, I've been there, is, you know, nothing great. Back then, it was the pit of the whole country. The worst place. A poor girl who's just struggling to get by and get, somehow get food in her stomach and, and somehow survive and then in a few years be completely forgotten. And for some reason, she was chosen. Literally, Christ in her. The Christ in her. Why would God choose a teenager? Why would he choose us? Why would he choose any of us to be part of what he's doing? And Mary, you think of it now. She's the most esteemed woman ever. Probably the most esteemed person, aside from our Lord, ever in the world, in all history. Because Mary brought salvation to the world. This teenage girl brought salvation to each and every one of us here. We would not have any of this if it wasn't for that poor girl and Christ in her. And those words she said are so powerful considering all she knew she could lose. She could lose her man, she could lose her life, she could lose her future, she could lose it all 
And yet she said, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Wow, what a statement. Can we say those same words? I'm your servant. You're in me. And may everything you had in mind be fulfilled this Christmas season and beyond. You know, we can all reach the world, not just here, but the unreached places are still waiting. We can all have a part in that. Even from right here in Seaside, Monterey, Carmel, wherever we are at, all of us, any day. Nowadays, all you have to do is open a laptop, or pull out a cell phone even. There's so many ways we can do that. And the treasure hunt is all off of our kitchen table. It's a Jesus thing. We all have the Jesus thing. And it's all waiting. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, more than anything, we just want to see you praised and adored and loved and honored and recognized this Christmas season. Oh, Lord Jesus, you're worthy of all, all of our love, all of our lives, all of our times, all of our resources, everything we have. Thank you that you want, you dwell in us and that you have big plans for each one of us and that you would choose each one of us. We give you praise and thanks. In Jesus' name, amen.